Okay, folks, Andrew Bobros here. Chargers sign a new linebacker, Tay Crowder. Guys, let's get into it. Bull Bros. Okay, folks, always like and subscribe if you do enjoy the content. Um, I'm Andrew Bobros. We're talking about everything Chargers. So let's talk a little bit about this. So this is kind of interesting. I'm going to kind of go a little bit of a roundabout way of kind of going into this because I kind of want to read the minds a little bit of what's happening. Uh, we did release this gentleman right here, Andrew Trainer, which kind of breaks my heart. I think he was doing pretty well, but Andrew Trainer's been on the team. Uh, it was kind of interesting. He was on. He was kind of an undisclosed depth chart for the 2023 season. So I think they were hoping he'd come back. He had some injuries specifically, but he spent all of 2022 on the team's IR due to an undisclosed injury. So clearly, he may have injured himself again trying to get back. Uh, his status for training camp wasn't clear initially, but now he's listed as a reserve offensive tackle for the team's first depth chart of the summer and presumably back to full health. Well, apparently he's not back to full health, folks. Andrew Trainer did not work. Again, he's an offensive lineman. He went to William & Mary. Um, bit of a bummer, right? But that's the reality of the NFL, folks, right? It stands for not for long. Unfortunately, he's no longer with the team. So let's think a little bit about what's, what's happening here. Well, why do we sign a linebacker and let an offensive lineman go? Well, one guy that was kicking butt uh, during both preseason games was Blake Lynch, this gentleman right here. Uh, he was killing it. In fact, I was looking at some of his PFF scores. They were super high. They were like around the 80s, killing it. Did really well in both games. And I was very impressed with how he played, I believe, even in special teams as well, too. So um, we've been hearing that he's injured. He did not practice today, according to Daniel Popper. And uh, clearly there's some issues going on with this man's health. So bit of a bummer to hear that, right? So what did we do today? Well, we let Andrew Trainer go. Blake Lynch is a little bit in the middle, you know, of is he bad? Is he good? Is he bad? Is he going to be playing this season? This team clearly wants to bring as many people in as possible. So guess what we did today? We went out and got this gentleman right here. Um, look, I, I think it's really interesting to think about, you know, um, Tay Crowder. Again, he played for the Giants. Um, Mr. Irrelevant, strangely enough. Um, I thought that was really interesting. Mr. Irrelevant. He was actually Mr. Irrelevant, um, in 2022 or 2020, excuse me. Um, funny enough though, uh, as of yesterday, two days, he worked with the Packers two days ago, he worked with the Packers and clearly they didn't sign him and we went, we went out and signed him. So I thought that was really interesting. So think about it as you will, right? I think bottom line, again, the thing that I have been very impressed with this coaching staff is we are here to create depth for this team. Because guess what? Folks like Andrew Trainer, you know, have injuries. These injuries start happening. And unfortunately, they don't get better. And if you can't contribute, can't be part of the team, uh, you can't make it. You know, you know what they say. If you're not, you can't make the club in the tub. So, so anyways, I'll read a little bit more about um, uh, Tay Crowder. Uh, we'll probably see him quite a bit on, uh, you know, against the Niners, hopefully by on Friday. But he's a fourth-year player in the NFL. Spent uh, three years with the New York Giants after being selected seventh overall. Again, Mr. Irrelevant. He started 31 of 41 career games, totaling 229 tackles, 122 solo. Um, nine tackles for loss, two sacks, two interceptions, and eight passes defended. Six quarterback hits, two forced fumbles. Uh, he spent all 2022 with the Pittsburgh Steelers and did not see any action for the Steelers. So he's most, most likely a practice squad or just a depth guy. He played linebacker for the University of Georgia. 
and a semifinalist for the Buckus Award winner in 2019. Anyways, bottom line, depth pick, pretty interesting story here. I'm really curious to see what happens with him. I Look, bottom line, I'll say this. I, I Look, it's good to see this coaching staff still go out and get make moves, right? I know we're about to have our first game against the Dolphins. Uh, well, obviously, we're playing the Niners first, but then we're going to be playing the Dolphins. But my point is, we are not stopping at what we have now. We're like, okay, fine. No, we're going to take as many people as we possibly can and make it as competitive as possible, right? We want people to fight for jobs and be competitive and, and work hard. And, guys, I'm telling you right now, I was so impressed with the way our defense has played um, both preseason games, right? We looked absolutely aggressive and amazing. And, guys, Sante Samuel Jr. interview is coming up here very shortly, so we'll probably drop that tomorrow. So, guys, look, I'm excited. Take Crowder. Um, We'll see what he does. Linebacker gives us some more depth. Probably a special team guy is kind of what I'm thinking um, is going to happen. But, you know, who knows, right? Bull bros! And I want to give an update on Jalen Guyton. Uh, a lot of people keep asking about him, where he's been, what's going on. Where in the world is Jalen Guyton? I like that. He's got the, he's got his hands out like this. Okay, what's going on here? I know, you know, we had a obviously horrible uh injury in 2022 week three versus the Jaguars I was actually at that game very frustrating that he got he would if you recall it was at the very end of the game complete he didn't even need to be there we were getting our you know butt kicked the entire time and it was horrible that he was even out there and then he gets a season in the injury and he's just starting to come back go so Jeff Miller just came out recently and said he is actually out well actually, I'll give you the exact quote uh Jalen Guyton who remains on the pup list is on the field doing some light running with the rest of the wide receivers. Light running, folks. Okay, light running. Guyton's coming off a season in injury in camp and has been spotted practice uh, during training camp. And this was just a few days ago. So it's good to see that he's finally getting out there, getting some light work. Again, we don't know the situation, when he's coming back, when he's not coming back. But, guys, it's at least good to know that he's working his way back. I know we – you know we. I, People keep asking me over and over again. I keep scouring as much information as I possibly can. This is the first bit of news that I even knew that he was even on the field at this point. But it's good to know, right? And again, we got a pretty deep wide receiver room. Again, there were even rumors that Jalen Guyton might get traded, right? I mean, there were some rumors that we might go after Baird, safety for the, the Titans. Clearly, that didn't happen. But it's good to hear that at least he's out there doing some light work. So I want to give you that real quick update. What do you guys think? What do you guys think about Guyton coming back? You guys have any more information? If there's some information about, you know, Guyton that you know that I don't know that I can't read or whatnot, let me know. Bull bros! I want to recap Quentin Johnson's first training camp and give kind of my assessment of where he stands. He spoke to the media yesterday. He gave some uh, things he needs to improve on. And also, Brandon Staley talked about Quentin Johnson specifically. So get, let's get into it, folks. So Quentin Johnson, and there was two big knocks against him um, coming out of college. One was route tree progression. He's dispelled that rumor 100%, folks. I promise you, I watched all of his reps uh, through the first two games in preseason. He gets open. He creates separation. That is not a problem. But the biggest one that he's been dealing with, and Popper's been talking about him quite a bit, is drops. So he specifically talked about that with the media. One thing he said, admittedly, that he needs to be more aggressive to the ball and he works on on his focus. So I'm going to give my assessment on that as well, too. That's really the main focus of the discussion today. Um, so Johnson specifically said, this is his assessment. He says he um, he's getting a step better for sure. He's feeling very confident. 
Um, and he looked bad as, back on his tape and he had a few drops. The media jumped all over him yesterday about this. I mean, he just kept, you know, asking about drops. And he said, hey, it's something unacceptable. So what he does, if he has these drops, he comes back into camp the next day, works on the judge machines, catching as, as many balls as possible, looking the balls into his hands, and just getting as bad as, as, as he can you know, with the quarterbacks and making sure he's getting better than he was last week. Um, again, Staley's assessment of Quinton, I think, is absolutely perfect. And I'm going to give you my assessment as to why he's had a few drops as of late. So this is what Staley says. I'm really pleased with his development from rookie camp to now. Uh, just the improvements he's made as a player. I think um, what we wanted to establish, and he has showed that he does belong out there on an NFL field. He's consistently um, improved through camp and uh, especially through springtime, but he just needs to stay on track. I agree with that, folks. We've got to remember, he's a rookie, young man, right? Got a lot to learn. NFL's much harder, much faster. So he did talk a little bit about Justin Herbert and his rapport with Herbert. This is Quinton's specific quote regarding his um, you know, continued improvement and rapport with Herbert. I feel like he trusts me for sure. Obviously, still working on progress. Uh, I'm still fairly new and haven't uh, been given in a full game situation with him, but I feel like it's up there. So he's improving moving forward. So let me give you my assessment specifically, right? Okay, so you see this picture right here. He's looking the ball into his hands. I play a lot of sports. I play a lot of softball and I play a lot of pickleball. One of the things uh, when you play softball is you want to look the ball in your glove. Obviously, he's doing this right now. One of the things that Quinton Johnson was very good at in college was his aggressive move and yards after the catch. My assessment of all the things that I've seen with him is that what he's doing and why he's having these drops is that he's looking the ball into his hands, but he's thinking about his next step. And sometimes that one split second where you're thinking about your next step, you drop the ball. You, you lose focus just for a second. In the NFL, you really have to just catch the ball and then make the move. I think he's just thinking two steps ahead, which is a good thing, but you can lose focus. So, guys, at the end of the day, these drops, I don't think are going to be an issue. I promise you, folks, by week one to week 17, we're going to see a much improved wide receiver, and we're going to be so happy we took him first round of, of the NFL draft this last season. Again, that's my assessment. What are your guys' thoughts? I do think that it's something that should be looked at and addressed, but bottom line, folks, he is such a talent. And again, lack of focus, more aggressive to the ball. These are the things that he knows he needs to improve on in every single week. Very clearly, he said, to the media yesterday. I'm working on this daily, constantly, weekly. It's something he's focused on. So I'm excited to see his progression. What do you guys think? Bull Bros! What up, guys? James from Bull Bros here. Let's talk about Antonio Gates, number 85, now getting put into the Chargers Hall of Fame. Man, what a career this guy had all around so let's get into it guys bolt bros let's go bolt bros. Hey, i'll tell you what i i saw a lot of antonio gates career um i was a season ticket holder for the san diego chargers for some years through pretty much all the lt years breeze rivers transition type years um man he was just an absolute stud all around as a tight end. And obviously he's one of the greatest of all time, in my opinion. Um, and is also obviously now in the chargers hall of fame, he got put in or at least 
Dean Spanos basically said he's in the Los Angeles Chargers Hall of Fame. So he's the first for the Los Angeles Chargers to be in the Hall of Fame. But as in my opinion, he is a Chargers Hall of Fame player. Um, so he is not just as a city base. He is a Chargers Hall of Famer. So I'm excited for Gates to be able to get in there. Number 85, the guy was an absolute stud. I mean, just to kind of give you a little bit more idea about him as a player. He didn't actually even start as a football player. He started as a basketball player for, um, uh, he was actually originally enrolled at Michigan State University. I'll even talk a little bit more about that. Uh, and then it was transferred to, uh, then chose to pursue playing basketball by transferring over to Eastern Michigan uh, University. And then he basically was recruited by Stan Health, uh, Heath, excuse me to Kent State University, and he basically played extremely well. Two seasons as a power forward. Uh, his junior season, 16 points, uh, 8.1 uh, rebounds, 2.7 assists per game. Um, did extremely well. The whole knock on him, and actually I'll say one thing too, he even got his jersey number 44 retired um, at Kent State um, back in 20, or February 27, 2010. Um for the uh, Golden Flashes, uh, or I should say also Kent State. Really cool to see that. He even was making history and making, uh, um, you know, Hall of Fame moves and having numbers retired and everything back then. So very cool to be able to see. But after that point, Antonio Gates basically just kind of became more of a tweener kind of player all around. So it was tough for him as basically a power forward sense of his height at 6'4", give or take, 255, to be able to find a way into the NBA and get some opportunities there. So what he basically ended up doing is he, uh, after being told by scouts that he was too much of a tweener, um, Gates arranged a workout in front of NFL scouts, basically not really playing anything in college football. 19 teams showed up. Basically, he chose to work out for the San Diego Chargers, recognizing his potential, the Chargers immediately signed him to a contract to an undrafted free agent. I want to say at this point, though, I really remember back then, I think there was actually a battle between the Chargers and the Browns for a while there, too, about getting him signed. And he ended up just going with the Chargers. Obviously, you think about what he's got there. I think Marty Schottenheimer was there at the time. And you got Breeze, you got Ladanian Tomlinson. You had a very stacked team. So it was a great choice for him to go that direction and to be able to have more potential to be able to have a solid career as he did. So, you know, obviously Antonio Gates, me being a season ticket holder, one of the first games I could think of that just really jumped off the page was, uh, I think it was 2004 against the Browns, ironically. Uh, snow game, Antonio Gates, very, very low scoring game in a sense. It's tough to be able to have a team that comes from Southern California to go to a very snowy, cold game. And, uh, you know, we're, I think we're up 14, maybe 7-0 at this time. And Antonio Gates gets this pass to the sideline and just takes it for 72 yards to the house. And that's a fond memory that I've had with this guy, 85. And that, to me, showed this guy is going to be the real deal. And actually, ironically, was his best season in the NFL. I mean, the guy was an absolute stud all around. Um, I mean, if you look at some of this, this was his season where he had that long touchdown. 
72-yard touchdown right there. 13 touchdowns, 964 yards. The guy is an absolute menace on the field. He was honestly one of those guys that was just perfect for third-down situations. Going back to his college days of being a basketball player, he utilized his body just like if he was blocking somebody out to get a rebound. He had great body control, the ability to always find a way to find those soft points in the defenses and just be open. The guy was an absolute stud as a tight end and obviously has the record for breaking the amount of touchdowns a tight end's ever had in the league. The guy is an absolute stud. Three-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, eight-time Pro Bowler. He was part of the 2000s All-Decade team, part of the Chargers' 50th anniversary team, and then obviously is now in the Hall of Fame for the Chargers in general. Leads the league and is currently still has the record for 116 touchdowns for a tight end. Best of all time. Um, receiving yards, 11,841 yards with 955 receptions. The guy knew how to get open. The guy was obviously extremely reliable target. I'll even give a shout out to Antonio Gates. I think he groomed Keenan Allen to be that third down guy too. Um, teaching him, obviously as Keenan Allen came into the league, Antonio Gates was still on the chargers and uh, he was able to teach Keenan Allen that, to be that guy for this team to be on that third down uh, placement and know those soft spots in the defense to be able to be open and, and be a great route runner and to be able to utilize your body correctly. I mean, the guy was an absolute stud undrafted guy on top of that. He just knew what he, he had in front of him to be able to be with the chargers and bottom line, the guy has just balled out his whole career and it was exciting to be able to see him finally break the record and, and get up to um, be the all-time leader for tight end touchdowns and beating Tony Gonzalez's uh, record. I believe that was in 2017 in Los Angeles. And that was in the soccer stadium. I remember that very clearly. But very cool to be able to see Antonio Gates. Congratulations once again. You are now a part of the Chargers Hall of Fame. Next up, Chargers Hall of Fame for the NFL. I think he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He will be in the Hall of Fame this upcoming year. You could bet on that. One side note here, Antonio Gates does have a son playing football right now, wide receiver for the Spartans, ironically for the Michigan State University right now. So keep an eye on that. That's kind of a cool little tidbit to be able to, to look at. So either which way, guys, once again, congrats to Antonio Gates, one of my favorite players of all time. I think I even utilized his name for some Wi-Fi passwords too in the past. So, <laughs> but he was obviously a stud from Breeze to Rivers, most reliable target all around for us. Fantasy football stud, always a really, really good, great player, but undrafted guy. Once again, one of those phenomenal stories of a guy going from basketball to football and just balling out all around. So congrats once again. And, um, you know, hear you guys' thoughts on this. You guys think Antonio Gates is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer? I think so, but I'd love to hear your guys' comments on it. So once again, guys, James from Bolt Bros, let's go.